Hey, Spotlighters, Mike Cam here, the coolest guy in title insurance and your host of the Morning Spotlight Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. We have a great guest that I know is going to absolutely blow you away. If you like what you hear, please smash that subscribe button and leave us a review. And remember, when it's time for you to purchase title insurance, there's only one guy you should be calling, and that's me. Check the show notes for my email address. And let's get this train rolling and start the show right now. to the Morning Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Cam, coming to you as always from the Spotlight Studios here in Morristown, New Jersey. My guest today is in a risky business by day and a rock star by night. He's been in the commercial insurance business since 2012 and has developed a specialty in real estate, larger construction, and manufacturing business sectors. He is the lead guitar player for the band Another Distraction and an extreme fitness enthusiast competing in 10Ks, half marathons, obstacle races, cycling, weightlifting, and trail running. He is Chris Fiducia. Chris, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Mike. Of course. I'm excited to have you on because we have been talking about getting you on this show, I feel like, for a year. I mean, it feels like that long. Maybe not that long. I don't really know. We're getting close, it's, though. We're getting close. It, yeah, it's at least since uh, since uh, late summer, early fall. And um, I guess my problem is, is I, I was excited to do something like this with you, but um, hesitant because I get to... Uh, worried about being organized, you know, like, should I have like a list of things to talk about? Should I bring some questions? Should I present him with some questions to use with me? And I'm like, why, why am I, why am I going through all this? You know, like I'm, I'm overthinking it. Just, uh, yeah. just come out talk and, uh, and see where it goes. Right. Well, hopefully you're in good hands. And like, that was obviously one of the things that I really wanted to do at the beginning was make it very organized. Like I would have, you know, the first iteration of the show, pre-written questions. Then we would do like a Google docs. And that was like a whole to do because I needed like the guest to actually fill stuff out for me, which was sometimes just never going to happen. And then eventually yeah. I was just like, the hell with it like we're just gonna roll and you and i have met it we've known each other for a, we were talking about this last night at a networking event that we're a part a networking group that we're a part of we've known each other for a while like a few years now i think yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's at least uh, i want to say it's at least four four years yeah now. yeah like you were one of like my first ever connections i guess and <laughs> finally here we are like having like a really deep conversation so no, i'm excited i mean like the blue background for anybody listening chris's background is blue it's like a smurf village um but it's a little distracting but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna push through i'm a professional gosh darn it i'm a professional yeah you know this, so so this is this is my new house and it was supposed to be office you know the the blue color uh they have in the office environment and, right. and we went a little too blue and i'm like oh man i should have uh should have gone a little more grayish it's like you're underwater yeah. Oh, guys, super bright. And people walk in and they're like, wow, this is very blue. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'm going to make sure I do like a clip on uh, on IG and it's just going to be like you with your blue background, just like maybe <laughs> maybe even just a picture and just do like, is is this too much blue or not enough blue? And we'll do like that little slider, that little sliding thing on Instagram. All right. All right. Here we go. So this is why like this is uh, now do you feel like you should have been organized and prepared for this interview because obviously we're super focused and we're super <laughs> in, 
depth with what we actually have to do. Um, but uh, oh, yeah, it's gonna be a super focused show. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I already forgot what, what we're here to talk about. Um, but uh, all right, so do you think, and as an insurance professional myself, selling title insurance, coolest guy in title insurance, do you think that you can make commercial insurance sound exciting? because that is your goal here today, because I will not put my spotlighters to sleep. That is one thing that we don't do on this show. We don't do boring. So can you make commercial insurance exciting? No. All right, no. great. All right, Absolutely thanks, not. Chris. I'm this be has been great. With you. <laughs> <laughs> like, how, how, do you, how do you answer that? You know, you got two, two insurance guys having a show. It's not exactly quite the party that uh, women in bikinis are lined up waiting to hear and see, you know. Electric factory. Yeah. Right. But, but, but uh, yeah, let's, let's hear about it. Let's, let's talk about it because you're a cool guy and we're going to get into all the cool things that you do, but let's hammer the actual sustenance of what you came here to talk about with the commercial insurance. So what exactly is that? Um, I mean, I know, but for our listeners, they don't know. So explain it to them. Okay. So commercial insurance, a lot of times, um, I try to say what it is that I do. I, I do uh, business slash commercial insurance. So think about a small business, even if it's a small mom and pop shop, uh, you know, like a, a little local bakery, you know, they, they might need insurance because, uh, well, they will need insurance because, well, number one, either they own the building, they want to cover the building in case of a fire, uh, liability in case somebody trips and falls or gets sick from their food that they provide and they try to sue them, there's the liability coverage. Um, or if, they're, uh, if they rent the place, they're still going to want property coverage to cover everything inside their unit. And they're also going to be required to have liability insurance for the landlord who will require it in case somebody trips and falls to come see them so that the landlord doesn't get dragged into a lawsuit. Right. So that's the basics of it. Um, a lot of what I actually deal with is more along the lines of construction and real estate. So in the construction world, <clears throat> more uh, more of your commercial construction, road construction, um, you know, maybe some office build-outs and things like that. Not so much your, uh, your home renovator or your bathroom remodeler. I could handle that, but that's not where my primary focus is because what I have available uh, to help these contractors out, it's more suitable for the bigger contractors. Can't really set myself apart too much from the small ones, but hey, if at the end of the show you find that I'm a cool guy and you like it, then yeah, let's talk. We'll see right. what we can do. So this is more right. in like in like a commercial type world. Like that's generally your focus. I think I said yeah. that in the bio read at the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and then in the real estate realm, I, uh, I really enjoy doing condo associations or multi-unit apartment buildings. Think uh, 25 units and up or uh, condo associations, they need they need a multitude of different coverages, and sometimes people don't even know what the hell some of it is. Right. So, you know, things like DNO, directors and officers coverage. Well, if you're in a condo association and you're going to serve on the board of the association, you want to make sure that there's going to be insurance covering and protecting you yourself. So, if somebody makes some sort of um, uh, bad financial decision on the board and it impacts the entire association and then now the unit owners want to sue the board members um, your personal assets are at stake and the best way to cover it is to make sure that you have enough 
directors and officers coverage. Right. So, again, not not exciting stuff to discuss, but it's, well, it's important. It's, it's important. Yeah, it's important well, to well, notice. That's, that's the thing too. Like, and I always say, like, from a title insurance standpoint, and and we're you know, it's different kinds of insurance, but insurance is never exciting. It's never sexy. You know, so it's just something that you have to like, you need to know what you're doing and you need to bring something to the table and be able to communicate why it's important. So uh, before we do that, I do want to know, like, how does one, because you've been in commercial insurance since 2012, right? Right. So how does one get themselves involved? Like, do you like, is it every little boy's dream growing up to be like, I want to be a commercial insurance salesperson? Because it wasn't my dream, but here I am and I'm doing it and I'm loving it. But let's, let's hear yours. <laughs> Yeah, when I was 10 years old, I was like, Ma, when I grow up, I want to be an insurance agent. No, she, she was probably it, pumped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely one of those things that you just fall into. Everybody I talked to in the industry, I kind of just fell into it. And how did I fall into it? Well, interesting story. I was going on a business venture with uh, a best friend of mine, and it had absolutely nothing to do with insurance whatsoever. Uh, matter of fact, it had to do with uh, something in the fitness industry. And then we were trying to market this thing and we were trying to go out and meet different people. We went to different events. And one of the partners, he, he was the kind of guy who was like all over the place. In the middle of, of working on this business venture, he was coming in with a proposal of another business venture. I'm like, can we just do one thing at a time, please? And uh, one thing led to another. He met uh, the uh, owner of one, the first agency that I worked for, and he convinced my partner to take all the business efforts, everything, all the funds and everything, and put it into opening up a branch of his agency in another town. So that's what we did. So he was like, oh, we're going to make so much money. I'm like, all right, cool, let's do it. Uh, at the time, I was just working as a um, uh, for the parking authority. I was a meter made. I was really trying to get into law enforcement, but that passion faded. Right. So I was looking for a way out. I was going to take anything. And when this came along, I'm like, all right, insurance. Yeah, I guess there's money to be made there. People need insurance. Let me see how I can help people out. I got into it and I had no idea what the hell I was doing or what I was getting myself into. Um, so that's why I say I kind of just fell into it. Right. Somebody proposed it to me. I said, why not? Let's give it a try. And the numbers made sense. It was like, okay, I can make a lot of money doing this, but um, where do you start? Right. And I yeah, had no type of guidance whatsoever. I had the worst start that anybody could ever have in the insurance industry. So um, uh, moving forward, after a while, I would say about six months in, we knew that we were going to be making money having this office. And we decided to close that down. We just moved into... The, uh, the headquarters office, which was in Florham Park. And uh, from there, my partner was like, I can't do this. Uh, I'm not making any money. I got to go find something else. He quit. So I'm like, all right, no problem. I'm going to ride this out. And then here I am nine years later. I'm like, okay, this is, this is going well for me. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Right. 
Yeah. So um, I guess one of the questions, so for me, I've learned to enjoy my job and I, I could speak on title insurance and all that kind of stuff, but I enjoy like what my job allows me to do. And it allows me to network a lot. It allows me to get out there, allows me to meet people, which is all, are all things that I enjoy. Like that's literally my job is to meet as many possible people as I possibly can and get them to send me work. Like that's, that's it. Um, so is that something similar or are you more, cause I'm not necessarily intricately involved in the put, putting together of a policy, but is that something that you do? Like you're also, you're networking and putting together policies or you're just the networking side both 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 and and just like just like you said the reason why i really started loving it was because of the networking aspect i love going out meeting new people connecting with different people helping out other people other people helping me out and just always being out there and it's it's it i'm a very social person and i just love meeting people right and anybody i could help i help whether it has to do with insurance or not i want to help people and, uh, and this was a good outlet. This was a good introduction to doing that. Right. Yeah. So, but insurance always has like that stigma, you know, because nothing's ever covered. If you have a claim, nobody cares, you know, like, and you have to go through all the, the hoops and all that kind of stuff. So can we, can we talk a little bit about the, the types of things that what you're providing to your clients and your people that are looking for insurance, you know, like maybe the, I know we did a broad scope of what it is, but maybe like some things that you are more frequently working with your clients on to get them covered for, and then like maybe how those kind of, you know, work, maybe if there is a claim after the fact. Right, right. So um, the problem in the insurance world is that a lot of people think it's very black and white. You either have insurance or you don't. Um, let me shop for cheaper insurance. Uh, this whole... Um, uh, mentality of, um, I'm not going to say the company name, but uh, the slogan is, you know, 15% or more, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. And that's kind of what everybody has gone into. Let me shop my insurance and see if I can get cheaper. Well, the cheaper you go, you kind of get what you pay for. So what are you doing to cut costs? You're also cutting coverages. There's a lot of gray area in insurance. There's a lot of fine print. There's a lot of what's called endorsements and exclusions. So when you think general liability, you're generally covered for bodily injury and property damage, except for this exclusion, that exclusion, oh, there's this endorsement which excludes this kind of coverage. And it's one of those things where over the years, as insurance companies keep paying out claims, they're like, ah, oh, we're not gonna be profitable if we keep paying out those claims. Let's hire a couple of lawyers to put some forms together so we don't have to pay for those claims. And that's basically what happens. Right. Um, a lot of it is up for interpretation. So you can always go to court, fight it. And then ultimately, it's up to the judge to decide whether or not that's going to be covered. But it, I mean, it has to fall within that um, it's up for interpretation mode. You know, um, you know it's, it's, all, it's all like a contract. There's a lot of fine print in there. And people fail to realize that. And... Uh, here, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, I, uh, I recently did a, um, uh, it was an apartment complex, and they were looking at the insurance coverage from the prior owner. So they were just buying this building, and here I am coming up with a proposal, and they're like, whoa, this is like um, about $10,000 more than what they were paying. You know, so they were paying somewhere in the ballpark of like 15000 and I'm coming in with 24000 And 
Then I go and I look at the policy and they have maybe 50% of the coverage that they need for the building. So the building burns down, they're not going to get all the money they need. Right. Even if that right. building sustains some damage, they're going to end up putting a lot of money out of pocket. I don't know if you're familiar with deductibles and, and such, but I can get more into detail about all that stuff, but I don't want to bore everybody with the details right now. However, you could be put in a position where you're putting a lot of money out of your own pocket before the insurance company is actually going to pick it up. So were you paying less? Yeah. Maybe you're paying five, ten thousand dollars less. However, you have a claim, you're going to be out of luck about a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars. Right. Well, sounds like a better deal, you know. So, yeah. um, that number one. Another thing. This is major, especially for real estate. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the term total pollution exclusion. No. You probably never have. Um, insureds probably never have. Uh, building owners, they probably never even heard of it. They don't know to look out for that stuff, but the agent should know to look out for that stuff. If there's a pollution exclu exclusion, you're thinking, well, I own a building. What, what kind of pollution do I have to deal with? Um, here's a perfect example. If, uh, if you have gas heating and there's a carbon monoxide leak and some tenants get sick or die, if you have a pollution exclusion, you're screwed. You have no coverage whatsoever. And a good example of that, I don't, I don't know what the details of it were, if they had the coverage or not, but this actually happened in, uh, in one of the studios that we rehearse at. Um, years ago, they had a carbon monoxide leak. Two people died in the studio. I don't know if they were there sleeping or if they were recording some music and they got tired and just took a nap or what. But all the other uh, all the other bands, they came running out. They were they were having headaches, and everybody was experiencing nausea and whatever. Um, they found that there was a carbon monoxide leak, and two people died from it. I don't know if they had coverage or not, but if they have that total pollution pollution exclusion, they were screwed. You know, so uh, so these are these are some of the little things to look out for. Um, Always, always ask your agent, you know, are there any major exclusions I should look out for in this policy, in this proposal? And, and that's how you could kind of avoid making sure that you're not losing coverage, you're not missing coverage. When it comes time to put in a claim, you know that you're going to be covered rather than, ah, oh, crap, you know, I'm paying all this money for insurance and they're not covering anything. Well, I think maybe going off of that at some point in that answer with the, you know, the slogan that everybody's familiar with is like, you know, how, how do you as just a lay person that doesn't deal with this stuff every day and someone like you does, how do I know if I'm getting if I'm paying more and just getting taken for a ride? Because there are greedy people out there that like to take advantage of people when it comes to any line of work, insurance included, um, or you're, you know, saving money, but not getting as much coverage or spending a lot of money and getting great coverage. Like, like, how do you like clear the weeds on a lot of this stuff? Because like you said, I mean, I feel like in some insurance companies may, or people that you deal with in that industry may make it difficult to figure out like exactly what you're covered for and how that, you know, maybe down the road, what you could expect if you have a, situa a situation like you were describing. So that's a great point and a great question. So um, 
Yeah, sometimes sometimes you could end up paying a lot more for the coverage that you need um, when compared to other companies. So what we are is we're we're brokers, right? So we go out and we try to find a company who's going to provide all the insurance you need at the most affordable rate. So we go out and we shop. A lot of times we kind of know who the players are for certain risks, certain types of risks, and we kind of just go right to them unless some of these other companies are coming in saying, hey, we want those risks because we're blowing the numbers out of the water. Great, we give them a shot. Um, a good way to find out whether or not the agent could um, really shop all the different companies is to find out the size of the agency. Um, if they're a small, tiny little mom and pop shop, chances are they might not have a lot of options to go out and find something um, uh, at the least expensive for everything that they need covered. Um, it, it, and you also don't want to go with an agency that's too large because then they might only have um, a small amount of companies that they specifically write with all the time and their focus is the bigger large um, uh, clients and if you're a small client they're not going to really have a lot of focus on you and they're just going to be like, all right, here, here's your policies, here's your bill, pay it every year, and that's it. Right. And they don't have a lot to offer you. Yeah. We fall right in the middle. Sweet um, spot, so to speak. Right in, yes. Yeah. So we have a lot of flexibility in one direction or the other. And we have the ability to shop a lot of these different companies. Um, and to top it off, we're also a part of a group that allows us to have more access to different companies. So we can make sure we're doing our due diligence. We can make sure that we're finding, uh, we're searching all the companies we could possibly search to make sure that you're getting all the coverage you need at the best rate. Right. So it's, um, tell me more about like, how, how do you, you, so someone gets, goes to you, they get a policy and then like, it, are you basically like done? They never talk to you again until they actually have a claim or is it something where it's kind of like, is there a relationship that kind of gets built over time and maybe, you know, you uh, help them with any questions as they kind of progress. Like, tell me why you're you personally are the best person for this. Okay, so my thing is, is I love having a relationship with my clients. I love it. I love that they can call me on my cell phone. Uh, I love that we can chat or sometimes just uh, uh, you know just shoot the shit. You know, just BS a little bit and whatever. Uh, those are my favorite types of clients. Um, some need more handholding than others. Uh, some need more attention than others. Sometimes there's uh, different clients that have a lot of changes throughout the year. So you need to stay on top of them and make sure that um, whatever changes they have are still going to be covered by their policy. Uh, so I like to give my clients my cell phone number so they can call me directly. Now we work as a team, so I'm, I'm known as the producer. So I kind of, I go out, I bring the clients in, I do the initial paperwork, get them set up in the system, um, and then I propose the coverages. But I always look it over to make sure it meets all their needs. And then I propose it, we close it. Then I have an account manager who manages the back office stuff. So uh, she'll, she'll be at the office sending out documents, uh, making the changes necessary. Um, if, if, I, they, if the client puts in the request or I put in the request, the account manager is going to make those changes. Uh, sending out certificates of insurance. In the construction world, that's a heavy thing, certificates of insurance. Um, so, no, I don't disappear. I don't go away. 
Um, a lot of times I end up winning over accounts because people don't hear from their agent much more. Right. And that's why I was saying a lot of small agencies, um, they might not have the capacity to stay on top of things. And the bigger ones, they don't, they don't care for you because you don't generate enough revenue for them. So they're not going to put as much focus as someone like I would. Right. Do you um, ever get instances where people, as they kind of progress through building ownership or whatever, they either want to increase or decrease coverage? Um, is that something that you have to deal with sometimes and maybe like kind of walk them through the reasons why that may or may not be a good idea? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Say, so say that again. Um, so like if I'm a building owner and yeah. I, you know, I had gotten a policy from you when I, you know, bought this building, whatever it is. And then a couple of years down the line, I'm like, Oh my God, I have that total pollution exclusion thing in here. Like I need to change that or like increase coverage to a certain amount. I don't really understand how it works. I'm just asking like, maybe are there, as you kind of go through like, uh, with these clients, are they, cause with title insurance, it's a one-time premium and then you're done. And it just covers right. you for everything that happens in the past. But I'm assuming that as you progress, like with car insurance, you can get, you could pay more to get more coverage on some things. Is that the same thing with, with you? And then do you have to like work with those clients to figure out whether or not that's a good or a bad idea to increase or decrease your coverage? Yeah. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. I mean, there, there are times, especially in, as a building owner, sometimes, uh, Sometimes years go by and the, uh, the coverage on the building itself never really increased. So we need to reassess that. Uh, there are times that the policy will have something where there's inflation protection. It'll automatically increase the value of the pop property every year. Sometimes it goes too high. Sometimes it doesn't go high enough. So a general rule after three years, review it. Let's see where it's at. Let's get it to be on par, like within where it should be. You don't want too much because too much and you're, you're wasting money. You're, you're paying all this money for coverage that you're never even going to use. Uh, you don't want too little because then you kind of fall into what I said before. You could be at risk of putting out too much money out of your own pocket when there's a claim. So yeah, it's definitely something that we need to review on a fairly regular basis, depending on the situation. Some, some risks you might have to review it two, three times a year. Others, you might only have to review it once every three years. Gotcha. All right. So then it, what are some the types of people that you want to be connected with? I know, I know we talked about industries. We talked about, you know, general type things, but who are like people that you, that you need to meet in your area of expertise? So accountants are great. If, uh, if, if there's accountants that deal a lot with uh, contractors and construction companies, um, accountants that are very, very involved with their clients, not just your accountants who do like the tax returns or anything like that, but, uh, but those that provide a lot of services for their clients, uh, they're always great at bringing me in. They say, hey, let's have a second set of eyes to take a look at this. This guy's young. He's, you know, he's professional. He's uh, he's good at what he does. He looks at all the details and everything. Um, and then they bring me in. Attorneys are good too, because attorneys are great at scaring the crap out of people, you know? So yeah, you can listen to your attorney right? and, um, and they'll bring me in at times. Otherwise on the real estate side, property managers, property managers are great. I mean, uh, when you start developing relationships with them, They'll bring you into all the condo associations that they manage, all the properties that they manage, the uh, apartment buildings and things like that. 
Um, so those are all great, great connections. Otherwise, it's just kind of one of those things where uh, I definitely still do a lot of cold calling. Cold believe calling. it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I'm in this industry for almost 10 years, I'm still doing cold calling. It, the great thing is that I, I could kind of cherry pick the types of clients that I want to go after. Right. You know, and, uh, and I have my resources to do that. There's, uh, there's some public information that I could utilize and, and, uh, that's how I make my calls. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I know we have some of those kinds of people that listen to the show. So maybe you should give Chris a call if you want to check those things out. Um, so let's talk about some other things that, that, you know, are interesting about you because obviously this was interesting. Um, but uh, if anybody's still awake at right, this point, in the yeah, show. <laughs> right. um, but uh, so you're in a band yeah. called another distraction. Uh, yeah. Tell us about the band. I was listening to the Spotify uh, a couple of songs on my way to my meeting this morning. Um, so I did get a chance to listen. I told you that I was going to do that last night. Um, oh, but, uh, but yeah, so tell me how, like, how, how did that start? Has that always been a passion of yours? How, I don't even know how to play guitar. I own one, but I don't know how to play it. Well, uh, first, before I get into it, let me ask you, what did you think? I like it. Opinion. It's not, it's Honest not opinion. music. Don't blow smoke. It's Honest not music opinion. that I would listen to. Cause it's okay. like, uh, it's rock and I like rock, but it's like, um, uh, I, I don't want to offend you if I give like a bad comparison. Should I? Like a green day. Is that like, is that close? Is that not close? Uh, there's, there's some, some hint of that here and there. I mean, we're all influenced by, sure. by green day and right. And multitude of bands. Yeah. But, but, they, but like if you could maybe, I know it's, super original and no one else has your sound um but uh is there a band that maybe you would think it's like more closely related to um you know i always have a hard time with that people always ask me who do you sound like and i just i have the most difficult time explaining who we sound like um we get all different kinds of um um uh, of opinions from people like yeah. i've heard somebody say taking back sunday or um, uh, what was it? Somebody said a day to remember one time. I'm like, oh, cool. I like a day to remember. That's yeah. great. Right. Um, but the thing is, is that we all listen to all this music, all this, all these different bands, and we kind of we're just very influenced by it. And the way we write our music is everybody throws in a piece. Okay. So uh, originally there were five members in the band, um, and everybody just kind of like one person comes up with like a guitar riff and then the other person feeds off of it and then the drummer goes and then the bass player goes and then everybody gives each other suggestions and before you know it it's just a combination of of all of our basically all our personality put onto in onto the record yeah you know what i think yeah. is is the coolest part about uh you know like and like I'm not, I'm not trying to blow smoke but i've had musicians that are successful musicians on this podcast uh, the, the day that this is recording my episode with jericho rose will have posted i've had marty ray on the show uh my manny cabo who got a four chair turn on the voice will that episode will have posted before this one but i just think it's cool that i've known you for this long i did not know about the band thing until very recently i did not know that you were a musician um and then i just think it's cool that like i'm listening to your stuff on spotify and it's like, you know, like I said to you last night at the, at the bar, I said, look, you have like 2,600 listens to like this one song. I think, I think that's really cool. 
So I think that that, even though it's not music that I would necessarily put on my driving playlist, I just think it's cool that I could like pick up Spotify, go to another distraction. Did I say that? Another distraction. And then yeah, I just want to make sure I didn't say the right band. Um, but uh, and then just listen to you shred on guitar. That's what I think is the coolest thing about it. Yeah, it's you know, it's fun. And and to answer your question before how it all started. Uh, you know, back in high school, we had a band and it was fun. And, you know, we really didn't. Um, have much to work with you know we always wanted to do original stuff and then it's fun to get together and play covers but i want to say about um uh it was like 11 years ago uh, uh a little over 10 years ago my my best friend calls me up he's like hey uh he was in a bad place he was he was pretty down you know he's having a hard time with his business and uh bad breakup and stuff like that and um and I was kind of like in a, in a crappy place too, you know, like here I am stuck working at the parking authority. Ooh, big deal. And what am I going to do with my life? Yeah. And yeah. he's like, even parking let's... tickets and everybody hates that guy. Everybody hates me. Everybody hates that guy. <laughs> like, oh, was there? It was five minutes, Chris. It was five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell me something original. So, um, actually the funny thing with that was that there were certain people that I would let go depending on how they, how they came to me. One, one, one woman had such a great, um, uh, outlook on the day. She comes running out of 7-Eleven and she's like, oh, am I too late? I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, that's all right. It's Friday. I'm like, you know what? It is. Go, get out of here. I'll take care of this. Nice. I took care of the ticket. What there you go. You, you, know, so you yeah. got to make some people's day sometimes. Right. Uh, exactly. Anyway, so that, that, that was the only time I could get enjoyment is if I'm taking care of somebody else's tickets. <laughs> right. So, um, so my friend calls me up and he's like, dude, let's, let's just get together and jam. I don't know. Let's just do a cover band or something. And then all of a sudden, all this original stuff just started spewing out of us. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. Let's just, let's just write new music. Let's do it. So we had some members come in and out. They were all close friends. Um, but then I would say by 2010, end of 2010, 2011, we started having a solid, real solid foundation. Um, but we had this one singer, he was great, but then he ended up moving to Turkey. And uh, then our bass player was having issues um, with life and he, he was like, I gotta take a break. And, I, and then I made this career change and I'm making no money. The band is falling apart. I'm moving back in with my parents and I'm like, what the hell is going on with my life right now? And I was, I think at the time I was about 29 years old. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? And all of a sudden things turned around. Um, I started getting more business. Things started working out. My, uh, we ended up meeting this singer from Pennsylvania, who is still our singer to this day. And he was just... He was awesome. He was really good. Uh, he had an awesome voice. He came to the table with some music. I'm like, dude, can we like, can we work off of that and like make it our own? He's yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. And we just started writing. Um, we ended up, um, we ended up recording an EP about uh, a year, year and a half after that. Uh, then a little while after, we recorded a second EP. So that's two albums that we have. Yeah. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar, an EP is just basically. Uh, um, uh, just an album of, of, you know, five, six songs. And we even got music videos. I don't, I don't think you got a chance to see any of my music I missed the music videos, videos but... but now I will be hunting them down for sure. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're legit. Right. They're, they're legit. They're legit. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, we were just having so much fun with it. And it was never really a thing to try to get rich and famous off of. It was just fun to do, you know? I mean, if something came of it, great, but it's just something to do. You know, it's a hobby, it's a creative outlet, um, and we have a good time. Uh, I will say, though, now that I'm, that I'm a father, uh, it's, it's getting harder to get together with these guys and practice. COVID definitely put a damper on it. Uh, we have not gotten together as a full band since January of 2020. Okay. That's a long time. That's a long time. Yeah. I, I literally, just before our, 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 the show, I reached out to them. I said, hey, guys, you want to get together soon? Because I'm starting to feel it now. I'm starting right. to get the starting itch. to itch. And, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And now that, like, now the restrictions are, are, are being lifted, you know, maybe it's time to get ready for a show. And yeah. maybe some people will start coming out. And, uh, you know, it all comes down to networking, too. You know, why do I love networking? I love, uh, I love meeting new people. And having a show and then having people there and kind of being on the spotlight is kind of cool at times. Yeah. Um, you know, you still get the, the stage fright and the jitters, but uh, you learn to channel that energy, and it, it feels so good on stage. How, so good. How long has this particular band been together? Maybe like all uh, in with all like, you know, maybe a couple changes early on with different people, but all in how long? All in uh, about 10, uh, nine, 10 years now. Okay. So this has been a yeah. long running thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. Was this the, yeah. I mean, have you like, I mean, I'm assuming you had played guitar prior to joining a band. Um, you didn't just like be like, hey, let's, j like your friend was, let's jam. And you're like, hey, I'll learn how to play guitar. Um, so this has always been a passion, I guess, of your, maybe like a hobby, whatever you want to call it, of yours over the course of your life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got I got really into it about 25 years ago. Um, you know, I was, uh, I was 12 years old and I'm like, I really want to pick up guitar. Now I have a brother who's ten years older than me who played guitar, so he's the uh, he's in the hair metal stage uh, of of playing guitar, and I'm watching this. And you know, in the '80s, you're watching guitar players, you're like, "Whoa, that's cool! Everybody wants to play guitar. Everybody's got to play guitar. That's the coolest thing." Yeah, and that's kind of how I got into it. You know, I was watching him, and and I wanted to do it. So, uh, and by the time I was 12, going on 13, I bought my first guitar. I'm playing, and uh, and I just took it from there. I always, I always enjoyed playing. Um, I will say though, over the last six months, I haven't very much just cause, uh, uh, between working and the new house and stuff like that. Um, I, uh, I, I do plan on, on picking the guitar back up probably tonight. Okay. I feel yeah. like you reaching out to the band and then, you know, you saying that you're going to pick up the guitar tonight. I'm going to put that all on me. I feel like me and my creative process has inspired you to get back into something that you had loved once before. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I hope you're okay with that. I'm taking all the credit. So no, no you know what? I, I will give you, I will give you some of that credit too, because I've, you know, I've been listening to some of your, uh, some of your podcasts and I'm like listening to some of these people and, and some of the passion that they have, uh, uh, whether it's their hobbies or whatever it is they like to do. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm losing touch with, with my passion and I got to get back to it. Yeah. Um, I, for, I forget whose name it was. It was the uh, karate guy. I just listened to a uh, karate um, guy. A few days oh, Larry ago. Roberts. Larry Roberts. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow, this guy just the way he speaks and, and the way he talks about them, I'm like, this is amazing. And, yeah. and a lot of that started motivating me this week. And 
And now that we're here talking about it, and I was kind of, I guess, uh, gearing up to talk about this a little bit, I'm like, man, I, I really need to, I really need to get back into it. Yeah. Like hard. Yeah. And, uh, We'll put a show on and I'll come. I want to come see you play live. I mean, it's I, I was in Nashville maybe like a month ago at the time of this recording, about a month ago, and it was like so cool to see live music again, you know? Oh, yeah. And like because we really don't get that here a ton, you know, here in, in Jersey. I mean, it's not like as uh, readily available as it is in Nashville, obviously, because everybody can, you know, sing or play an instrument or whatever in Nashville. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, let's let's make it happen. Let's put it out into the universe that by the time this episode posts, whenever that date is going to be, the another distraction will have set up a show and we will have raged at, at that show. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and you know what? It's, it's funny because even, uh, even last year, I would say around this time, uh, some of the networking groups I was a part of, they were like, they were psyched for summer. They're like, oh, hopefully summer... Um, you know, COVID, COVID is at bay and then maybe we can go out and come see your band. And like, everybody's like, and, and it's like building up and now restrictions are being lifted and people are like, I mean, just last night alone, I'm, I couldn't believe how many people were out in Morristown. I'm like, this yeah. is great. Yeah. It's so good to see people again. And that hit me too. I'm like, now is the time. Let's, let's do this. Because like you said, in, in Nashville, completely different environment with music than it is here. People around here, they'll go out to see live music, but their idea of going out to see live music is a band at a club who's playing the top 20. Right. You know, they're not going to go out to see an original band. People want to go out and hear what they're familiar with around yeah. here. Right. But maybe, maybe now people will just go out for any reason and... Maybe they'll give it a try. Maybe they'll say, "Hey, let's let's go see some original bands. Let's let's see what happens. What's out there?" Yeah. Why not? Right. It's a different kind of. It's definitely a different kind of environment because when you're in Nashville, you're just going to go to a bar and listen to some random band, whether it's original stuff or a mix of their original stuff with covers or covers with their own rendition of it. Yeah. Um, completely different environment. Whereas here, where we play. Yeah, it's showcase style. You have about four or five bands for the night, and everybody's got to bring their own people. You got to sell tickets and and market the hell out of the show and bring these people. And by the end of the night, you're lucky if you get a bottle of water and ten bucks to throw in your pocket. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it, you yeah. know, it sounds like it's a uh, uh, fun. You know, but but that's what I think. Like what you were talking about when you talk about Larry and talk about the passion about the uh, about karate. It took me a while to because I always think of Larry as podcaster first, and I always forget the karate side. Um, but then you yeah. hear him talk about the karate and you're like, wow, like this was a significant part of this man's life, but yeah. you know, like doing stuff. And I know like he still keeps himself involved in whatever capacity in that world, because I think that that is one thing that keeps, you know, cause you got to have stuff that you're passionate about to, and I, you know, this, I feel like this phrase is pretty overused, but to fill the cup back up because you know, you, you yeah. said you got a lot going on. You're a businessman selling commercial insurance, which we've covered quite a bit in this episode. Uh, you're a dad, you just moved into a new house, you know, you got all this other stuff going on. You're a fitness junkie, which we'll get into here in a minute. Um, <laughs> so you have all these things and it's always good to make sure that you're staying in touch with what makes you happy. And not that the other things don't, I'm sure being a dad makes you happy. I'm sure this new house is making you happy as long as, you know, there's no issues with it. But, um, you know, that blue wall again, 
maybe not that happy. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's just one of those things that, you know, like if you're, if it's something that you're passionate about and you weren't able to do it, which sucks because of COVID and the last year and a half and everything like that. I mean, I agree. I feel like now is the time where people are so starved for stuff to do that like you know they're they're more maybe willing to go like you said instead of listening to top 20 they're more willing to listen to not anything but you know an original band you know more so maybe now than ever before here in jersey yeah yeah and a lot of what we get is wow i didn't realize you guys were so good i don't know if these people are blowing smoke up our ass sometimes but um you know i i think they're when you hear them talk, they're genuinely surprised at, at like how polished we sound. Because we practice. I'm pretty meticulous. Like I said, I'm, I'm meticulous with sound. So things need to sound good. Things need to be good. Things need to look okay. Um, and and it, you want to look professional even up there. Right. You know, you, you want people to come back. Yeah. And if you're just like messing up and you're just like, you know, it sound good or anything, people are like, eh, whatever, I'm not going to come back to this. Yeah, right. And, and the same thing goes for when people listen to our music, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever digital way you listen to it. They're like, oh, wow, this, this, is, this sounds professional. I'm like, yeah, well, it's, it's professional. We, yeah. we, uh, you know, we paid uh, you know, a studio to record, to mix, to master. You know, we, we put all the effort into it. And... Um, and we used a pretty good guy too. He's he's worked with a lot of big bands too. So that's cool. Have you yeah. uh, like what what uh, bars? What kind of venues do you guys usually play when you do play venues? Uh, so a, a fairly well known one is uh, so we've played at the Stanhope House. A lot of people know Stanhope House. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what's going on there. They've been suffering through COVID pretty badly, or they've been making it well known at least. Um, there's a place in Teaneck that used to call, be called Mexicali Live. Now it's called, um, uh, what the hell is it called now? I forgot, it slipped my mind, but it'll come to me. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're not very well-known uh, venues. They're small places. We played at Starland Ballroom one time. That's cool. But was that the coolest was, venue that you've played at? Uh, yeah, it was definitely one of the, well, actually, it was definitely one of the biggest venues we yeah. played at. Um, it was more of like a battle of the bands style. Okay. So there wasn't a lot of people there. Right. Um, uh, there's, uh, there's places in Clifton. There was this place, Clash Bar. They shut down. Actually, he shut down. He sold the place before COVID. So he got lucky. Um, yeah. <clears throat> what else is there in, in, uh, um, Oh man, all these places are, are slipping my mind. That's how well, it's, out of it's been too long, Chris. We got to get you back yeah, on stage. Yeah, it's been too long. Yeah. Yeah, I got to get back on stage. Absolutely. But they're all like smaller venues that yeah. people don't really know of unless somebody's invited to it. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll put it out there. We'll, we'll, we'll broadcast it out. When the flyers come out, we'll, we'll put it out to the spotlighters and we'll get, we'll get some, some of them out there. If it, even if it's just me. You got a fan. So there you go. Um, yeah. So what, talk to me about the fitness stuff, because <laughs> I didn't I mean, I knew that you were a fitness guy, but I didn't know that you did like this level of fitness, like marathons and or half marathons and mar uh, what do you call those? The obstacle, obstacle course. Races yeah. And, like yeah. talk to me about that kind of stuff. Like wh why? <sighs> so I've always <laughs> I've always been into fitness and um, I, you know, in high school, I got into lifting and I was just all about lifting. And I never liked doing anything cardio related. I just, I don't know what it was about cardio, but uh, 
I, um, I just hated it. Maybe I just didn't have the, um, the agility or the ability to keep running or something like that. Um, but as I got older, I started to learn a little bit more. And I, I, I was influenced by something and someone. And I was like, you know what, let me, let me try something here. Let me change my diet a little bit. Maybe I'll stop eating meat and see how I feel. And, and it was incredible. I, I, I ran like I never ran before. And after that, I was like, oh, I get it now. And I figured that was my, that was my thing. Uh, I think not, not that I want to, um, you know, preach about becoming vegetarian or anything, but for me, it worked. Yeah. I mean, I know that there's athletes out there that are way better than I am that still eat meat. That's fine. Right, right. Do what works for you. But for me, I just, I guess my body just didn't react well to meat. So I stopped eating meat. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm running three miles like I've never had before. I shaved two minutes off my average mile. Um, and, and then I started getting into uh, different ways of fitness, like different ways of lifting. Instead of just lifting weights, stopping, resting. I was doing back-to-back exercises. Now I'm doing like high-intensity interval training, and now I'm I'm reaching a point where I'm like, this is amazing. Watching my progress and tracking my progress, I'm like, let me take it to the limit. Let me see what I could do. Let me see what my body could handle. Right. And started getting into different things. And as I'm networking, I'm meeting different people, different fitness enthusiasts, and I'm like, that's cool. Hey, we should go on a bike ride together. Let's go for a run together. Go for trail runs. Go for uh, long distance runs. Um, you know, I never ever would have imagined, uh, 10 years ago that I'd be running, you know, a 13 mile race. I never thought I'd be, Oh, I'm going to do a short run, just a short run for maybe five miles is a short run. Uh, you know, like that's, it sounds crazy to some people, but that's, that's where I'm at now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Me is one of those people. I'm glad that you never asked me to do one of those long distance runs because the answer would have been a hard pass. Uh, it's just like I'm running. Maybe maybe it's the meat thing. I don't know. But running's never been something that I've been a good at. And I mean, I played baseball in college and everything, but I was a pitcher, so I didn't really have to run. Um, and I was like a relief pitcher, so I don't really run sprints ever. I'm like the slowest man on the planet. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was just never a thing that I really was like that into um i think the obstacle courses are cool like i feel like i would try that but i just think that just like running just to just to run not to put it down i mean i know people do it and love it and it's great for you and all that kind of stuff but it just never scratched me where i itch i guess yeah yeah no i you know i I, same thing with me i'm like i would never get into distance running but then i started i started understanding what people were talking about that runner's high and that that feeling that you get afterwards and and sometimes you're just chasing that, and other times I'll just I'll I'll just torture myself with like running as fast as I can for like two three miles straight, and almost wanting to throw up. But then when you're done, my God, that feeling that you get is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean um, I don't I don't know it, but I <laughs> I'm taking your word for it. <laughs> uh, but, but again, to, a lot, yeah, a lot right. of a lot of the high and a lot of the excitement is just is just seeing how much I could progress, how much I could do. Like I want to, next thing I'm trying to do is I'm trying to do the, uh, the Spartan beast. Okay. What's that? Which is, um, so Spartan races, you familiar with Spartan races? Yeah. The, they have different levels. They have the sprint, they have the, um, the beast, they have the super. So sprint is three miles, super is six miles. 
and then the beast is 13 miles. So it's 13 miles of running. Um, there's about uh, 25, 30 different obstacles to go through. But the thing is, is like when you think 13 miles of running, it's not 13 miles straight of running. You're stopping, you're doing an obstacle. And some of those obstacles might not even be very intense. You know, it might just be throwing a spear at a doll or something. <laughs> but, you know, I want to do that. And then after I get past that, I want to see what else I could do. You know, like I want to freaking climb Mount Everest or something. It's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm on this kick. My wife thinks I'm crazy. Um, she, uh, she can't possibly understand what I'm feeling and why I want to do these things. She thinks I'm obsessed. Um, I'd, I'd say I'm passionate, borderline obsessed. Right. Says someone who's obsessed. <laughs> right. No, but that's cool. I mean, I think that that's like another one of those things, right? That like, you know, you, you do it because it makes you feel good. It, it makes it, you know, keeps you focused and moving forward and, you know, yeah. like all that kind of stuff. And I think that that's really cool because you're constantly trying to see how much better you can get at a particular thing. You know what I mean? So I think that that's something, you know, and we're going to get into goals here in a minute um, just because that's one of the other things that I like to ask people as they kind of progress, not just with fitness, but with everything, um, you know, like it's always good to try to see like if you can accomplish those things, because if, if I did this show and I did it the exact same way that I did when I first started, I would have never gotten any better at it. I would have been doing the exact same thing every time I recorded an episode, but I have evolved and tried to push the limits and done longer episodes and had different kinds of guests and different topics and all that kind of stuff. While, you know, I am not running, uh, but it is a similar type thing where I have like a, like a thing in mind that I want to try to achieve and try to get my, the show to and get me to as a host and all that kind of stuff. So I, I could relate to in a certain way. Yeah. 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 It's, it's very similar. Very similar. Very similar. Yeah. yeah. I'm wearing a pizza, pizza, pasta, amore shirt with a guy that's a <laughs> fitness enthusiast. This is, uh, my friend Raf. He's a, he's an, uh, Ital Italian podcaster. So he lives in Italy and he, I got this shirt from him. Um, so I was just like, oh, I'm going to wear this one today. Fiducia pizza, pasta, amore. So, oh, and then I, man. you know, forgot about the vegetarian thing and then the, so yeah. Um, That's all right. I, I, I still love pizza. I still love pasta, and uh, and all this running allows me to eat more. That's true. Uh, I don't let the not running stop me from eating more, but that's we'll talk about that. We'll do like a like a slow walk through the through the woods one day. You know, like a nice easy fitness thing. Because then I can, yeah, a nice I can, easy hike. Yeah, I'm down yeah. with that. I, I'm a big I'm a big hiker. I like hiking. I like seeing all nature. Right. We were in Franklin Lakes a couple months ago. Saw a bear. Bear walk right in front of us. So careful if you're in Franklin Lakes, black bear. Oh, like well, where I live over here in Rockaway, there's there's tons of bear. Yeah, tons my parents my parents live in Sparta. There's tons oh, of bear yeah. up there too, you know, so uh, they get all yeah. sorts of stuff up there. But all yeah. right, um, let's talk about goals. So we could cover, you know, the, the commercial insurance if you have goals for that, um, you know, any other stuff that you're trying to accomplish. I know you said you want to do the Spartan Beast on the fitness side, uh, but let's look at some things maybe that you're hoping to accomplish over the course of the next year. So uh, what are some of those things? Um, I'm, I'm going to go on the personal side with the, uh, with the fitness stuff. Uh, cause that's, that's always in the back of my head. Um, uh, my goal in the next year is to complete a, uh, triathlon. Um, I want to say like a, a, a mid range triathlon. Again, they, they, they level them like, um, uh, like a sprint where they're all short distances. 
uh, but I want to do somewhere in the mid-range. I don't know if I could do an Ironman. That's you doing a full marathon, uh, swimming and, and riding your bike for, uh, I forget how many miles, I think it's 60 miles or more. That, that stuff is just like, to me right now, it's insane. Yeah. But, you know, so was the, uh, 10 years ago, so was the idea of running 13 miles, so. <laughs> right, yeah, that's true. You never know. So, right. Keep so pushing that envelope. It's like that Kaizen yeah. thing. That's that Japanese, uh, I think it's Japanese, that's like you get 1% better every single day. At the end of 100 days, you're like 100% better. Right. Like yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> so so that's that's kind of what I'm working at. I, yeah. I really want to be able to complete uh, like a nice mid-range triathlon, um, not even for time, just complete it. If, if I get a good time, great. But I'm not. I'm not even in the mindset of time. I just want to complete one. Right. Okay. That's cool. So that's uh, that's my my major goal right now. Awesome. Uh, did you uh, ever hear the guy, um, uh, the Iron Cowboy? You know who that is? Sounds familiar. But he like uh, completed, or he his. I mean, you might even be doing it right now, but you should look him up uh, because I saw him on Clubhouse one time, and they were talking about him. He was doing an Ironman every day. For like a month straight so iron cowboy oh, jot that down crap. go look him right. up because i feel like that would be like right up your alley so yeah um i'm definitely gonna check that out yeah i'm pretty sure that's what it was i'm pretty sure it was iron man for like a month straight because he had done it he's doing it to like raise money for uh uh charity and he had done it in the past and it was like an iron man for like two weeks straight now he's doing an iron man for a month straight or something like that um i feel like that would be something that you would be into and definitely want to yeah. check out so um all right so let's move the show into our closing segment which we call under the spotlight so uh the spotlighters which is what i call the spotlight listeners have been listening to mike ham and chris fiducia talk about commercial insurance rocking out and fitness for the last oh, we've been talking for almost an hour on here i don't know yeah. if you were aware this always happens i always like look away from the clock at the beginning and then i look back at the clock and i'm like oh my god i told him 45 minutes and here we are and I showed up late to the recording. It's just uh, very professional, as you can tell. Um, but what would be one thing that you would want the spotlighters to walk away from this episode with? So you are under the spotlight. Um, okay, so in the insurance world, um, what, what I want everybody to walk away with is uh, try not to focus so much on just the pricing of the insurance. Find out what it is you're getting. Find out what your agent and your agency is able to provide. Uh, different agencies are able to provide uh, a multitude of different services. Some are very basic. Some offer uh, more than others. Uh, look to see and kind of interview your agent a little bit and, and see what they have to offer. Not only that, try not to shop every year. It's not very beneficial to do that. A lot of times you find people who are like, oh, I'm gonna shop it every year and make sure I'm always getting the best rate. Sometimes when you're with the same company for a while, your agent is able to negotiate better rates. Um, your insurability goes up. So you know people are more likely to wanna take you because you're showing loyalty. And, um, and especially if you're shopping around, um, you find a lot of people who are, are they get into the world of doing bids. Oh, we're putting our insurance out for bids. So we're having different agents shop it for us. That's one of the worst things you could do because now you have, and they all go into the same pool. They all yeah. go to the same companies to shop for different rates and, 
and, and the coverages that you need. Um, some have more than others, I will say that, but that's where you have to do your due diligence is find out uh, if they're the right size for you and they have uh, more resources for you. And uh, what happens is if, if you go to different agents, then everybody's gonna hit roadblocks. Not, you're not gonna get the best results out of one agent um, that one agent could provide. You're gonna go with the cheapest rate and then you're gonna find out that that agent is crap. They don't really have much to offer. They're not following up with you every year at renewal or twice a year when you need them. They're not delivering documents that you need in time. So just kind of get a good feel for your agent and, uh, and, and interview them. Interview them, talk with them, see if you relate to them best. Yeah. And make your decision from there. There you go. Fantastic advice. Uh, so if people do want to interview you, Chris, where can they go to get more Chris? Uh, you can shoot me an email, cfiducia at jamesaconnors.com. Um, you, uh, you can reach me on LinkedIn. Um, I tend to respond a little slowly with messages, but if you leave a message, I'll, I'll see it and I'll get back to you. Maybe within a day, I'll, I'll definitely get back to you. Awesome. Awesome. And I will make yeah. sure that I put the email address, the LinkedIn, um, address in the show notes. Um, and obviously like always, I will put my email address, the morning spotlight at gmail.com and the website, the morning spotlight.com. If for some reason you want to go through me to get to Chris would be happy to make that introduction. Uh, Chris, thank you for coming on, making commercial insurance fun again. And, uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, and I'm glad we finally got you on here. Thanks. Thanks. I was uh, real happy to be on here. Of course, man. Thanks of again. course, of course. And the spotlighters, thank you for listening and we will catch you next time. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Just a reminder that any views expressed in the Morning Spotlight are the views of the speaker and should not be construed to be the views of any other person, any employer, or any organization. Thank you. We'll see you next week.